Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. And uh, we continue our series on the book of James. And uh, you'll remember uh, in this book, um, we are reminded uh, that we are to show ourselves approved. Well, I want to honor somebody this morning, um, Aidan. He is so quiet. He's in, at that sound desk there. And he serves us so faithfully um, and one who is approved by God. And so Aidan, this is his last time because he's in year 12 and he needs to focus on studies. Uh, and we feel that studies are more important than him serving uh, in the sound desk. No, we don't do, no. But uh, it's, it's important for him to, to prioritize. And so thank you so much, Aidan, for serving over the last couple of years. When, when we think of you, we think about faithfulness, we think about... Um, what a great man you are and how you've served uh, amazingly. So thank you for that. Um, So our series on on James um, approved. Uh, And so the word uh, that is used in in chapter 1 verse 12 is dokimos, that that we are to live lives that God will uh, approve of us. And and there's a picture of, of a clay pot Uh, that's held in the sun after the potter has molded that pot and um, baked it and puts it out in the sun. And as the sun uh, shines on that pot, uh, the potter can turn around and see if there are any cracks in it. Uh, Because if there are, then the the sun will shine through. And and a cracked pot uh, is not really worth too much because it will leak out. Um, and so that, that's uh, where, where we're going with the series. And, and this morning, I want to share with you on, um, on temptation, uh, because it comes across our path, and we, we should not be thrown off course as temptation comes across our path. And, and folk, it's a reality. Now, temptation is not the sin. Temptation is like somebody uh, knocking on your door. And as they knock on the door, you can open the door and you can see who it is. And if it's an enemy, you can shut the door. But if it's somebody that is of value and a friend, then you can open the door and welcome them in. And so temptation is not the sin. It's the opening the door wide for temptation to come in and to take control. And so that's the danger. And so I'm sure we all struggle with temptation. You you know, we know the famous one with um, the little kid kind of uh, that is, is put in a room and mom and dad say, don't eat from this bowl. And they've got the camera on the kid and putting temptation right in front of them. Some succeed, others don't. Uh, And so that temptation. But there are other temptations that come across our path as well. Uh, One of them is the temptation uh, of hurry. 
Uh, Alan Fadling, in his book, An Unknown Hurried Life, writes this. He says, hurry is a great temptation. Hurry looks like impulsive, knee-jerking reactions. I'll act now because I may never have another chance. The temptation to hurry is fueled by the lie that the only good to be had must be grabbed now or never. In fact, one of my mottos in life is delay is decay. You know, and uh, at home when somebody, uh, you know, doesn't do something on, on time, then I have to remind them, you know, delay is decay. Do it and do it now. Because first is first and second is nowhere and you're going to lose out. And then I prepared the sermon. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Jesus' encounter with the devil in the wilderness right after his baptism, says Fadling, at the Jordan illustrates the hurried nature of temptation and a holy response to it. Jesus is a master of the unhurried response to tempting suggestions. Because as he took time out, he was able to focus more accurately on uh, what life was all about. Another one is uh, video games and TV. Uh, TikTok, Facebook, our phones. And so the greatest problem with video gaming is not that gaming is innately evil, but that it's addictively good. Gaming taps our social competitiveness, our love of narrative, and our interest in problem solving. As gaming franchises grow, digital dreamscapes are becoming holistically immersed. The greatest problem with TV is not that TV is innately evil, but that TV is endlessly good at giving us exactly what we want whenever we want it. Our on-demand platforms continue to bulge with options. And so there's that constant temptation uh, to, to hold on to it. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but um, we've got, uh, my wife and I have got somebody that lives with us. Um, he's about 15 years old and will be 16 soon. And um, sometimes when he's on, not sometimes, most times when he's on his phone and we speak to him, he has no idea what's going on around him. And so when we speak, we say, hey, son, we just spoke to you. Oh, oh, what was it? What was it? Because we zone out. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about somebody that lives with us. But I'm sure it's pretty common in your home, if not with you. We zone out because we're so engrossed in what's going on, especially when it comes to little videos and things on fishing. Like, you can see the facial expressions, man. You can see the, 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 the twitch and the adrenaline going because there's that zoning in, and it can become addictive. Before you know it, an hour has gone by, and we've accomplished nothing. See, some people are going, yep, yep, that's you, mate. <laughs> Mom, that's you. Dad, that's you. Son, daughter, that's you. It's all of us. And so there's that danger of getting caught in this trap of temptation. Well, what does James have to say about this topic? James chapter 1, verses 13 to 18. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, gives birth to death. Death. 
Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from God, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the world of truth, that we might be kind or be a kind of first fruits of all he created. I don't know if you struggle with temptation. Somebody once said, they don't struggle with temptation, they just give in to it. <laughs> Not a struggle. But I think every single one of us here struggles with temptation. It is everywhere. I wonder what your temptation is. I wonder where you are tempted in this world. And I think everybody who is alive gets tempted. Everybody who's alive gets tempted. It's like the one guy who went to the doctor and, and had two broken arms. And uh, the doctor said, what happened? And he said, well, I, I got tempted in this place. And the doctor said, stay out of those places. Stay out of those places. Because it is often in those places where temptation comes and we come off second best. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, it says that the drunkard wakes up with cuts and bruises that could have been avoided. Dr cuts and bruises that could have been avoided had he, she not gone to that particular place, wherever that might be. And I think it's true to say that temptation starts, yes, many times from the outside, but it starts from the inside predominantly, from the inside. And, and James confirms that with us. That, that there is something within us that begins to breed and, and allow experiences of responding to certain things that are within. And we fall short of God's standard. And the word sin is not a word that's often used in our everyday language because that's offensive, people will say. You know, to call somebody a sinner uh, is offensive. To say that they sin is offensive the world will say. But folk, when we fall short of the mark, that is sin. The word hamartia in Greek uh, has a picture of somebody with a bone arrow and there is a target and when they let go of that bone, the arrow takes off, they fall short of the mark or they miss the mark. And so sin can result when we give in to that temptation and that's falling short of the standard that God has given us. And so, is it possible to resist temptation? Or are we just going to give in and say, well, there's no way we can uh, resist it because God made us this way and let's pack our bags and go home and just uh, do our very best. But the Bible says, yes, we can resist temptation. We can uh, overcome. And so I want to share with you a couple of points on that. Number one, it is coming so anticipated. It's coming. Temptation is coming. Anticipated. And so we read in verse 13, when tempted, when tempted, not if you are tempted, it's when you are tempted. In other words, it's coming across your path and across my path. And, you know, it's, it's quite interesting to note that, that temptation is universal. Every single living person will face temptation. Your spiritual neighbor 
or your non-spiritual neighbor, your spiritual friend or your non-spiritual friend, we will all face temptation. It will come across our path by virtue that we're alive, it is real, and we will face it. But also, uh, you know, it's certain. It's certain that, that it will come to you and to me. Uh, you know, because uh, it's one of those realities in life. It was evident in the past. Remember Adam and Eve? Eve was tempted. She gave into it. And forget about Adam's leadership there, you know, where he should have uh, kind of warned, be careful. And that's why we live in community, so we can be accountable to one another. But it was uh, in the past, it's certainly in the present, and one guarantee is that we will be tempted in the future. And so... Uh, it's coming, anticipated. I think another important point to make uh, with reference to it coming to us is that it's quite personal. It's quite personal because some of the temptations that you face are not the same ones that I will face and some of the ones that I will face are not the same ones that you will face. But one thing is certain, uh, we all have our little pet sins and when temptation comes, it comes to scratch often where, it, uh, where we are very, very vulnerable. And so we need to be aware of that. We need to anticipate uh, and, and be forewarned, because as we are forewarned, we can be forearmed, that temptation will come and we can be ready for it. And so prepare for those moments. Don't be found in places where you can open yourself up to temptation. When I was young, um, younger, uh, I would have my quiet time uh, in the morning. Uh, the night before, I'd go, you know, do silly things, uh, being sort of super young and, and careless. And I would just pray to God and say, God, forgive me for my sins. And then I realized I needed to change my prayer. Because it's actually, Lord, forgive me for my stupidity. Because I knew what was right, and I knew what was wrong, and I was happy to go, uh, even if I was miserable the next morning, I was happy to go with what uh, temptation uh, was coming across my path, and give in to it. And that's extremely dangerous, because it makes you the most miserable of Christians. When you stumble and fall, you know what's right, you know what's wrong. In fact, one of the characteristics of an elder, if you read in Titus chapter 1 and 1 Timothy chapter 3, is that they are, the word semnos, they are wise because they're able to differentiate between what is right and what is wrong and are able to hold on to what is right. That's a sign of maturity. Now, we can all differentiate because of our conscience what is right and what is wrong. Well, most people can. That's still small voice. But maturity says that I hold on to what is right because I know the path of what is wrong. And so anticipate it because it's coming across your path and my path. Secondly, when it comes, examine it. When it comes, examine it. And so verse 13, uh, James says, when tempted... No one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And the word tempted there is the same word that's uh, used for, for trials. 
uh, that we spoke about last week. When pirasmos, when the heat is turned on, it's not God that is turning the heat on per se. It could be the devil coming to tempt us, to lead us astray, to make us stumble and fall. And so the question is often asked, who is the source of temptation? Well, clearly, this verse says that it's not God. Because God gives good things, not bad things. It's the evil one that comes to knock on the door with bad things. Does God knock on the door with good things? Absolutely. Does God knock on the door with bad things? Absolutely not. This verse is clear. Is it taken out of context? No. This is exactly what James is telling us. And so the real source of temptation is Satan. He comes so we can fall. But we often blame God for that. And it's not God. We respond in faith to God. When trials come in different forms, shapes, and sizes, then we can respond in a way that is pleasing to God. And so, who is to blame? God? No. Satan is to blame. God doesn't tempt us. Satan comes and tempts us the way, as I said earlier, he te tempted uh, Eve in, in, in the garden. Uh, and, and so, we begin to see that, uh, you know, that is a reality that you and I will be faced with on a daily basis. And so, how do we respond? How do we respond to this temptation? Well, in verse 14, James tells us that, that uh, we give in to our own evil desires. And when we give in to our own evil desires, that begins the process uh, of a, a downward slope that can end in destruction. And he says it, it starts off with desire. And he says our own and, and that word for own, um, idios, uh, it means one, you know, it belongs to me, it's private, it's myself. My own eagle, uh, evil desires that separate me from what is good. My own evil desires. And that word evil is, is um, it's kind of, you know, the, the word thymia has got to do with remembering. Uh, remembering some of these. But this word that's used here is epithemia, which means that that is deeply forbidden. That that is, uh, uh, th that we long for, that is personal within, that results in, in a desire that is missing the mark from God. And we say, well, we're not that bad, you know, temptation came. And folk, when I'm talking about temptation, I'm not talking about little basic temptations like, you know, somebody put a packet of Tim Tams in front of me or, you know, or KFC, um, you, you know, and clearly you can see that I've given in to those temptations. But, but it's this whole idea of, of something that results in sin. And that can result in sin because it can lead you down a path of, of destruction. And so what, what, what James is writing to you and to me about is, you know, it looks attractive. Now, as you know, uh, I take my son fishing, and uh, there are pictures uh, up there of a hook. And so uh, when you go fishing, 
you have a hook and you put something over that hook so it can deceive the fish. We're deceptive, you know. We put something, whether it's a little worm or it's a bit of bait, but we don't say, hey, fishy, look, there is a hook here. Bite it because we like fresh fish. No, we actually put the, cover the hook so we can deceive the fish so the fish can bite it so we can be happy. And so it results in calamity. It does, uh, results in destruction you know, uh, for that fish. But get the point here. James is saying temptation, when given in, comes and it's like that hook that is covered and we want to go for it. But examine it. Have a look. You know what it looks like. You and I know what temptation looks like. We know what sin looks like. And so he's saying exactly that. It's our own evil desires. And folk, it's not like a magnet that draws us to that. We can see it. We can see it from a distance, but we give in to it. And it's very deceiving. It's very deceiving. Uh, and that word um, desire, theliazo, means it allures us, it entices us, it catches us by bait. It's, it's a beautiful picture there, you know, uh, because it drags us away and entices us. It drags us away and entices us. Why? The purpose of that hook with bait over it is to deceive the fish. And the purpose of temptation, bad temptation, is to deceive us and lead us astray. And so, when temptation comes, let's be careful that we're not lured because we're happy to give in to that desire that's within. And folk, when we begin to be enticed by sin, because we don't see the consequences, it could lead to destruction. The fish does not know the outcome of eating that bait because it doesn't know the hook is there. Clearly, if it does, it won't go for the bait. And so with you and with me, let's be careful. There's a story of two birds, father bird and, and, and baby bird, and they were flying, and there was this man that would put worms out for the birds. And this young bird would come down and exchange, it's a story, uh, of uh, the bird coming down and exchanging two feathers for a little bowl of worms. And each morning it would come and exchange two feathers for this yummy bowl of worms. And the father bird said, be careful, because although you'll eat the worms only for two feathers now, eventually you will not be able to fly. When the season comes that we need to fly to another continent, you won't be able to fly. And so that illustration is quite clear. Be careful that we don't slowly give in to temptation, because the end result will be that we won't be able to fly, as it were, like that bird, and the one who is feeding it will be able to snatch it. And so be careful, because it can lead us astray. You see, the outcome, if it's not examined, 
properly leads to disobedience. It leads to rebellion against God. And so in verse 15, James writes and he says that after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. It gives birth to sin. When we begin to feed all these temptations, it gives birth to sin. And that word gives birth, dicto, uh, means it, it, it's delivered in tears. It's delivered in tears. It brings forth, but um, that, that, that uh, deception uh, is not a good one, and so it, it brings about pain and sorrow and, and does not end well. You see, at the end of the day, James is not mincing his words and he's saying this giving in to temptation without it being examined properly and, and saying no to it uh, actually has dire consequences and the consequences are spiritual death, spiritual death. And so uh, if, if it's not immediately apparent and you, you begin to harden your heart against these temptations and just give in to them, uh, after a while, you won't hear the voice of God. I, I'm hoping that, that I never change uh, from being uh, obedient to God in the sense that when temptation comes and I give in to it, then I, I feel terrible about it. It makes me miserable. And that, for me, is still a sign that the Holy Spirit is present. When we don't feel bad anymore, then that's dangerous. And so uh, the, the outcome of all of this and the consequence is that results in sin. And I'm grateful for God's mercy because uh, he withholds what I deserve. And, and that's what mercy is. It's God withholding his wrath that I rightly deserve. Imagine if God were to strike us dead every time we gave in to temptation. Wow. But by his mercy, he does not do that. But uh, he gives us grace on top of that mercy. But it's not a cheap grace because it, it resulted in his son being on the cross. And so if we continue to sin and don't respond to, to God's mercy, it will result in uh, death. Uh, and the word that's used for death there is, in verse 15 is the word thanatos, which means um, separation from God. Uh, it means misery away from God. Because we're created to serve God. But if we give in to all these things, uh, then there are consequences that we begin to be separated from God. And so we need to anticipate it. We need to examine it. And thirdly, and in closing, quite simply, we need to decline it. We need to decline it. Verse 16 James writes and says, don't be deceived. And that word deceived, planao uh, means don't be led in error. Don't be led away from the truth. Don't be led astray. Don't roam around or wander about. Because before you know it, you could be in that troubled position. In that troubled position. And folk, he's not writing to non-Christians here, he's writing to Christians, because he says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters, I'm sure, don't be deceived, Christian, 
because uh, it's dangerous that when that temptation comes, you'll stumble and fall. And so what I think he's saying to us is that we need to see that it's not good no matter how it looks. It's not good no matter how it looks. If it's coated in chocolate, it does not mean that it's good because the end result will not be a good one. And so in verse 17, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above. And the word good there is not the word kalos, which means attractively good. It's the word agathos. Agathos, which means uh, an excellence that's connected to the things of God. So something could be aesthetically good. That's not the word used. But here he's talking about agathos, something that is a God good. And so be careful, because God gives excellent things for the kingdom of God. Every good and perfect, and the word perfect there has got to do with mental and moral good. Mental and moral good is gift, a gift from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Folk, what I, I only realized this recently while preparing the sermon, that, that you know, uh, the devil comes like a shadow. It's not concrete. It comes to deceive. You know, uh, it changes all the time. Depends where the sun is. You know, that, that casts a shadow on you. And it's not uh, certain and concrete because it's, it's spasmodic. It changes. But God gives light because he is the father of the truth. And when he comes, it comes directly to us. It's not kind of changing all the time. And so what James is saying, hold on to what is right. And one of the things when temptation comes is we need to decline it. And I would say decline it, exclamation mark. Run away from it. Run away from it. Because, you know, uh, when something is wrong, no matter how attractive it is, it's still wrong. When something is immoral, when something is a sin, no matter how attractive it is, it's still a sin. And we can dress it up with sugar and everything we like and make it sweet. It is still a sin. And so God has given us the power, and this is the good news, that we can resist it. Why? Because we are born again. And that word again um, you know, is terrible in John 3.3. It's actually born from above. Anothen. We have the very presence of God that dwells within us. And so God is not somebody who wants to lead us to a path where he can, uh, I've led you to this path so I can uh, reprimand you and bang you over the head. No. God gives good and perfect gifts so we can win over this temptation. Temptation doesn't have to uh, defeat you and I. We can overcome it because we're no longer slaves to sin. Read the book of Romans. It's clear that we were once like that when we were ex-Christ, outside of Christ. Now we're in Christ and we're born again. We're born from above. And verse 18 we read, He chose to give us birth to produce what? Through the word of truth. 
Why? Because he's the father of truth. For what reason? So we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And so he gives us power to live a life pleasing to him. To actually realize that we can overcome. That we don't have to walk around uh, as losers all the time. I'm reminded, I'm reminded in 2 Peter 1.3, uh, we read his divine power. And folks, that divine power is the God power. That's, uh, you cannot compare God's power with anything else on this earth. No monster, no Red Bull, no whatever other drink uh, you can find. Uh, no drug, no steroid, nothing can compare to the divine power, the God power that he gives. Because it's power that gives strength and ability to overcome evil. To overcome evil. And has given to us everything we need for life, Peter writes, and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Now, the word knowledge is normally the word gnosis, where we're getting this word gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. But here, the word epignosis is used. Epignosis, which means this deep and intimate, precise knowledge, this correct knowledge, the, the recognition that comes through discernment that something is right and something is wrong. And we hold on to that that is right, the epignosis. So what, what, what Peter is saying is that God has given us his God power to be able to live a life of godliness through his very knowledge that we have in him. So we can actually reflect his glory, and the word glory, doxa, means his presence, his presence that results in giving him praise, his glory and goodness, excellence, praise. And so uh, God has empowered you and empowered me to, to praise him in all that we, we say and all that we do. And then I'm encouraged by 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that, that Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will provide a way out that you can stand up under it. And so what Paul is saying to the church in Corinth, to you and to me, uh, that uh, when this difficulty comes, God will make an exit. God will make a way. Why? Because he won't allow us to stumble and fall. And, and uh, he's basically saying that God will permit an exit. God will open a door. God will not leave us alone. God will not give up on us. So when we give in to desire, then we're not allowing God to do something in my situation. I'm reminded in Genesis chapter 39, verses 11 and 12, and uh, I, I've got a Bible that um, I had through Bible college. It's one of these old New International versions. And when David was in, in the courts of Potiphar, uh, Potiphar's wife tried to lead him astray. And 
in, in Genesis 39, verses 11 and 12, it says that uh, when David was faced with a situation, he ran out. He ran out. Who's that? Joseph, Joseph sorry. I was just testing you guys to see if you're with me. <laughs> Joseph, sorry. I tempted you, but you didn't give in. Well done. <laughs> Joseph's house. Joseph, Potiphar's house, Joseph. Uh, and, and it says that, that, you know, when she grabbed him, he basically ran so fast, faster and longer than Forrest Gump, that, you know, he left his cloak behind, but he ran out. And as a young man at, at Bible college, I was 22 years old, I, I circled that so hard it went through four or five pages because I needed to read that. And I was reminded of that, that when temptation comes, sometimes, <laughs> you know, we don't need to just uh, um, uh, slam the door and run the way Joseph did. He ran out. The word there that's used in the Hebrew, uh, it, it says that he, he put to flight. He ran out as quick as, as he possibly could. And so there are times where it's quite obvious that we just simply need to stay out of those places that we don't belong. Because if we know that we belong there, then, uh, or, or it, we know that if we stumble and fall there, then let's not put uh, or give in to temptation. My late father was such a clever man, such a clever man. Sadly, he had a drinking problem. And so he stopped the one time for a year. And it was just before Christmas, and, and his friends would come around, oh, just a beer, because Dad used to drink two bottles of whiskey a day. And um, so when, when his friends came around uh, after a year of, of no drinking, he said, well, you know, I used to drink whiskey, beer I can handle. So just, you know, one or two beers over Christmas, I'll be fine. Sadly, as he opened himself up, to giving in to that temptation of alcohol, it eventually took control of him, and it wasn't long before he died of cirrhosis of the liver. And so let's be careful that we don't give in to some of these difficulties, some of these temptations that come, and let's stay away from them, and in fact, let's run from them. Again, I need to ask myself the question, when temptation comes, can I thank God for it? Can I thank God for it? Because sometimes it looks very attractive. It looks very attractive. The things that we're looking at on our phones, the things that can easily lead to uh, an addiction, the things that I'm looking at, they don't look too bad. Some of the things that can bring about uh, sickness like food and, 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 and drink, uh, what are we taking in? And I think we need to be reminded that there are many, many gray areas in life, gray as in G-R-E-Y, that are not clear. And as we begin to think about these gray areas, there are some things that are personally destructive for us, and we need to turn to God and allow him uh, to, to penetrate our hearts and minds. And at the end, 
as he puts us up in the light, he can see that he can approve us, approve us. Yes, yes, you've been faithful. You will be of good use in the kingdom of God. But let's not be caught in pain and in sorrow and bring destruction upon ourselves. Let's allow God to come and penetrate our lives. Let's listen to that still, small voice from within. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for who you are. Thank you that we have been able to be transformed because of your goodness and because we are born from above. Come by your Holy Spirit, Lord, and penetrate our hearts and minds and fill us afresh, Lord, with what you will have for us. We want to give you glory and honor for all that you've done for us and for all that you do for us. So come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Come fill us afresh. Guide us by your Holy Spirit. Lord, may we listen clearly to that still small voice and bring you glory. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.